I think that's okay. Amen. God bless you, Pastor Hilton. Come and preach the word. Can we all say it together? Preach to me. Can you say that? Pastor Hilton, preach to me. Praise the Lord, everybody. Amen. It's good to be in the house of the Lord tonight. Amen. I, uh, I have to say I apologize, Brother Toby. I did not greet you when I walked in, and it's bothered me all service. So I talked to Brother Self, and I didn't talk to you. So I apologize. Amen. I love you very much. And uh, anyhow, yeah, I was be being very selfish. <clears throat> well, we could be having dad jokes for days, uh, but uh, I always counted an honor to be here, and uh, of late, it's just worked out to where it seems like the only time I've been here is when I preach, and uh, I, I love coming when I'm not preaching, and just being able to worship the Lord with each and every one of you. And uh, say publicly, I know he's not here tonight, but I want to say thanks to the bishop for uh, allowing my brother to come a couple of weeks ago and preach for us while I was uh, in North Carolina. My wife, my whole family, we were able to spend time with her sister. And uh, thank you for letting us borrow Brother Jared Hilton, amen, that day so that uh, we could stay there. And we enjoyed our time and uh, always loved spending time with family. And uh, it's time well spent. <coughs> Amen. Praise God. Amen. And we still were able to go to the house of the Lord. One thing my pastor always taught me, that just because you went out of town, you're on vacation, doesn't mean you're on vacation from the Lord. Amen. And so I always try to do my best to make sure I'm in church. If not, we're in church online with somebody, and we gather around, and we listen in. Amen. There's just something about worshiping together with the people of the Lord. Amen. And uh, being able to come in here and to feel the presence of the Lord. I challenge our church, and uh, it's been a month ago. October 1st was on a Sunday, and uh, I just, sometimes I get a harebrained idea. Not just sometimes. My family says it happens all the time. But uh, I challenged the church. I said, look. I want everybody, under the sound of my voice, to make up in their mind, you're not going to miss a church service this month, you're going to pray every day, you're going to read your Bible, and you're going to fast once a week. Now, I didn't ask them for a show of hands this morning, how many of them did it, but I asked them, what's your perspective about God now? And uh, I issued the challenge for the month of November now, we're going to continue to grow this challenge. And, you know, there's something about being in the presence of God that uh, changes us like nothing else in the world. Amen. Can I get an amen tonight? Praise God. And uh, there is truly no place I'd rather be than in the house of the Lord. The psalmist said that the name of the Lord is a strong tower. I run into it and I'm safe. The house of the Lord is very similar. I can come into the house of the Lord. It's a safe place. And it's a place where I find hope and I find peace. I find friendship. I find a family. And uh, I enjoy being around my family, not just my natural family, but my church family. And uh, we have some folks in our church that they don't have close family around here, and the church has just become their family. And I'm sure some of y'all around here are the same, and uh, we ought to treat each other as such. Amen. Amen. I believe God honors that. Amen. Well, enough for some sermon number one. Uh, we're going to go to John chapter 6, and then we're going to go to Exodus chapter 4. <clears throat> John chapter 6 and Exodus chapter number 4.
Praise the Lord. We're praying for the bishop, praying that all's well. I haven't heard anything personally. Uh, I'm assuming you probably have talked to him a time or two, but uh, I've just been praying that God lets revelation come and that many come to the truth. Amen. And if they already have the truth, that God brings stronger and greater revelation. Amen. John chapter 6, verse 5, we're going to read through verse 9, <clears throat> very familiar passage of scripture. When Jesus lifted up his eyes and saw a great company come to him, he said to Philip, Whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Where can we buy bread, Philip, that all of these people can eat? And this he said to prove him, for he himself, speaking of Jesus, knew what he would do. Philip answered him and said, 200 penny worth of bread is not sufficient for them, that every one of them may take a little. One of his disciples, Andrew, Simon Peter's brother, said to him, being Jesus, there is a lad here which has five barley loaves and two small fishes. But what are they among so many? Philip, where can we buy bread that these may eat? There's a lad here with five barley loaves and two fish. Exodus 4, verse 1 and 2, and everybody's going to race horse me right to the finish line. Let me fill in the gaps before we get there, all right? Amen. <clears throat> Hope I don't bore you to death. This is not, this is not uh, filet mignon tonight. What do you serve, Brother Nelson? All right. Well, I brought the junk food. Yeah. Yeah. I got the banana pudding and the, and the Andy's frozen custard tonight. <laughs> That's food to live by. <laughs> oh, hallelujah. We're going to get carnal real fast. Amen. Moses answered and said, But behold, they will not believe me, nor hearken to my voice. For they will say, The Lord, or Jehovah, has not appeared to thee. And the Lord said to him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. The Lord said to him, What is that in thine hand? And he said, A rod. And it's from this verse of scripture, I'm going to take my title. What's in your hand? What's in your hand? Amen. Let's ask the Lord to speak to us tonight. Lord, we love you. We thank you for your grace and mercy tonight. Lord, I pray that you would allow the Holy Ghost to have its way in this sanctuary right let your God, let revelation come. Let your spirit have free course in this place. We thank you for your goodness and mercy. Hallelujah. Can we love the Lord today? Let's worship the Lord in this place. We magnify you today, Lamb of God. We, we magnify you today, Lamb of God. Blessed be the name of the Lord most high. Blessed be the name of the Lord. Thank you for your goodness. Amen, amen. You can be seated tonight. <clears throat> I have to redeem myself because the last couple of times I've preached, I think I've preached near an hour, if not more, and I've got to do my best not to do that tonight. <clears throat> but 
I, I can tell you that while we were there in North Carolina, if my kids fell asleep, or I think that's the case. So when my kids fall asleep, <clears throat> my wife and I decide to, we're both, I'm an 80s baby. My wife is too, and so we were raised on 90s music. And so we turn on our old school music. And uh, if there's anybody in here that probably going to know these names, but there was some music today that we listened to that mom and dad always told me was worldly music. Lord, forgive us, for we know not what we're doing. We grew up on Alvin Slaughter. I remember going out on the job site with Dad, and we did a lot of sheetrock together with his little portable radios cranked as loud as they could go. I don't know how many speakers in them things we blew, but we, we had a time doing sheetrock together, hanging it. He finished it. I put mud on the walls. And uh, 10, 11, 12 years old. And I remember when Alvin Slaughter came out and he started making it big and he put out three or four albums right back to back um, and I enjoyed them and so for whatever reason I felt like listening to Ron Canoli and Alvin Slaughter on the way home from from uh, we had been to see the battleship and from the beach and Reagan woke up and she said what are we listening to <laughs> and uh I'm going somewhere with this, so just ride with me for a minute. And the song came on. I don't know the actual title of the song. What was the title of that song that we played tonight before we left? No, yeah, I can't remember either. But essentially the chorus starts, What's that you have in your hand? I can use it if you're willing to lose it. And the verses talk about this young boy and the fact that he gave up his lunch to feed thousands of people. And now that song's going to be in everybody's head that knows the song the rest of the night. And my wife and I weren't talking at that point, um, not because we were mad at each other. We had been traveling. We traveled 16 hours, and over 16 hours, and then you traveled another three to four hours just to go see some sights that day, and hey, you've talked about everything you can talk about. And we're just sitting in the car. I'm driving. We're listening to the music, singing together. Hey, we, we were singing together, all right? And uh, I began thinking about the song. And then tonight's service came to my mind. And so it's been eating at me. I almost tried to preach it at my church, but it never came together. And uh, so here we are. I don't know who's here tonight that needs to hear what I'm about to talk about. But I do know this much. The Holy Ghost began to speak to me again this afternoon. Just began to speak to my spirit in in. The unction that I felt come on me, Brother Nelson, just, I don't know how many times, putting my notes together, tweaking them today, just tears begin to fill my eyes. I don't know if we're going to end up crying before it's over with or if we're going to be shouting. I don't know what's going to happen tonight, but all I know is God wants somebody to know he don't care what you've got in your hands. He wants to use it. Don't care how insignificant that item may be. He wants to use it. Jesus asked Philip, knowing full well what he was going to do. I didn't make that up. I don't even have to use my imagination to figure that out. The Bible tells us that Jesus asked this to Philip because he was trying him. 
He already had made up in his mind what was going to transpire. God already knew that there was a boy in the crowd that day that had five loaves and two fish. And just a quick side note, God already knows the unknowns in your life as well. And when God begins to work in your life and you begin to give him what's in your hands, God takes care of the rest. But it's evident to me that it wasn't just Philip who heard the question that the Lord asked. I'm, I'm assuming that many of them were gathered around Jesus that day when Jesus asked Philip, hey, where are we going to buy the food to feed all these people? And Philip, rightfully so, automatically thinks logically about how we're going to take care of this little problem. The reason why I said rightfully so is because that's exactly how I would do it. Man, I don't see any other way, God. we got to go find some money. Don't know where it's going to come from. But we got to go buy some bread. But take notice, Jesus didn't ask where are we going to buy it. Now, did he? My Bible says, whence, yeah, he did. He said, whence shall we buy bread that these may eat? Where are we going to buy it? Now, feel bad I said the wrong thing there. Yeah, that's all right. You can agree with me and be wrong too. See, that's why I go back to the Word. I want to always make sure I'm right. Jesus asked him where we're going to buy this stuff. So automatically in his mind, let me just play this out with you. In his mind, Brother Hall, Jesus asked, how am I going to buy it? Where am I going to get it from? So I'm trying to figure out, first off, do I have the money? And secondly, then where are we going to go find it? Jesus asked him, give me the answer. Andrew, there's, I don't have any other information other than Philip gave the answer. Lord, I believe this is nearly a, nearly a year's worth of wages for a, a normal individual. 200 penny worth would, would not even feed all of these people. That's what he said, right? But then the next thing we read is Andrew, Simon Peter's, something about them fishermen. Simon Peter's brother says to him, well, I I know you said where are we going to buy it, but there's a boy here who brought his lunch. It's only five loaves. There's only two fish in it. And Lord, really, what are these among so many? What are these among so many? He did this to try Philip. I talked this morning. You need to keep calm and just believe that the Lord's got everything under control. Here we got a boy. He's got his sack lunch. He's got his five loaves. He's got his two fish. And But Lord, here, I don't understand. What are these among so many of these people? He found this boy. I don't know. Maybe the boy even heard Jesus talking. I don't know. <laughs> Was any of y'all there? No, just kidding. <laughs> I'd like to know how it all played out, but it doesn't really matter. The fact is, possibly the boy could have heard Jesus say, Hey, um, Philip, where are we going to buy the food to feed all these people? And I can just imagine. That little boy sitting on the hillside, been listening to Jesus teach, and he heard Jesus ask that question. 
out of the mouths of babes, right, the Bible talks about. Instantly, it pops into this boy's mind. The reason I'm saying it this way is because I was a boy once, and I came up with some really crazy ideas. And I was always shot down by the adults. But in this boy's mind, I've got food, and I can be a help in some manner. And maybe he was closer to Andrew than any of the other guys, and he walks over and he says, hey, 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 I, I just heard Jesus say he wants to feed these people. I, I, I got a lunch. I got something. I brought it with me. I've been carrying it all day. I got something in my hand. And I want to give it to Jesus because I can't but help love to hear that man. I can't but help love what I feel when I'm around him. And he needs something, and I have something that I can give to him to help. Maybe if it'll just feed one or two, but here's something that you can use, Jesus. And he said, "Hey, and I'm sure Andrew's over there. Hey, boy, just go over there. That's 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 gonna make somebody mad." Now he said, "No." Jesus said he needs some food to feed these people. And finally, Andrew said, whatever, come on. And they made it to Jesus. And he said, Master, I found this boy. He's got five loaves. Just two little fish. But, Master, what... What are these among all these people here today? I didn't even want to bother you, Master. I'm sorry for being a hindrance to you. Can I tell you something, folks? As a pastor today, if somebody were to come to me and say, Hey, Pastor, I know you said such and such. We, we want to get things accomplished. And, and I know you want to do this, that, or the other. But, but. And I don't have much. I don't have much to offer, Pastor. But I, I got something. He said, no, I'm, I'm not going to bother, Pastor. It's, it, it doesn't amount to a hill of beans. I'm not just, it's just a small portion. And, and I, don't, I don't have anything. This is not where I was going tonight, but this is where we're at right now. I don't have much, Pastor. But you said your burden that you feel like God's put upon your heart is to, to reach the lost and, and, and you need help. Maybe, maybe just driving the bus. I don't know. I, I, don't, I can't do much else than drive the bus. But guess what? I can drive the bus and I can go pick up the kids. If somebody else is healthy enough, they can go and knock on some doors and find some kids that are hungry to come to the house of the Lord. That's in, just fresh in my mind because we're talking about that at home. We're trying to find something. I, I, God will provide a bus if that's what his will is. But, but I, I can tell you, folks, I, I want to reach the lost. I want to reach some kids. I was just out Friday night, and we had a trunk or treat there in the town, and the city of Lacine put it on. And, brother, oh, so many hundreds of kids came by my car, and I was able to put our church card in, in their little baskets, uh, maybe never to hear from them again. But guess what? Something stirred up in the heart of this old boy. And I said, God, we've got to reach these children. Because you got to see, you should have seen how closely knit those parents were to those kids. If I can gain the trust of the kids, I get the trust of the parents. And if I can get the trust of the parents, guess what? There's going to be a revival in Lacey, Kansas. But it's just a little child. I don't care. Amen. God can fill him with the Holy Ghost. And God can use what a little child can give to the kingdom of God. Amen. And he can feed and affect multitudes of people. Hallelujah. Hallelujah. Andrew. Go away, little boy. Just, just enjoy your lunch. You know, we'll take care of the rest of the folks. Just enjoy your lunch. Don't worry about it. No, Andrew. No, he said he needed some food to feed these people. 
Can we at least see if he can use what I have in my hands, Andrew? I've got something that I want the Lord to use. It may not amount to much. But here it is. Here it is. It was a small portion to the task at hand, but, and that's an absolute fact. But he was willing to allow Jesus to take what he had in his hand and it allowed Jesus just to simply break the bread, pray a prayer, and he said to the disciples here, feed them, have them all sit down. We got lunch today. We just needed five loaves. My God, I feel the Holy Ghost. We just needed two fish. That's all I need. And I can take that and I can feed a multitude of people, of well over 5,000 people right here in this area. I can help them. Just one little boy. Just one little boy who's willing to speak up and say, God, here I got something. I don't know. I don't know what you're going to do with it. It ain't got, it's, it's two bucks. Here, I, that's all I got. You come to church and you hear the pastor preaching about giving to the Lord. You say, man, all I got is $2 to my name. I can't afford it. I need to, I need, I need. I don't know why I'm here, but let me, let me just follow through and I'll finish this, this thought. But I just got a couple dollars. Brother Self, I read about a woman. Jesus was standing at the treasury. And he's watching people. Boy, them rich guys love that. They come through, they were dropping all kinds of money in that. And I know he's watching me. I, I know what they say about that guy, but I just want him to know I'm, I'm a giver up to the church. I'm making sure the church has what it then all of a sudden, while Jesus is watching all this, he sees a little woman come around. She's sneaking. Peter, hey, you see that? Look, she's, she's, she's crouched down. She's hiding behind those people over there. I think she's coming. She's trying to get here. Sorry if I'm using too much imagination. But Jesus began to watch her. And she snuck by. And she dropped her little bit of money. Blink. It didn't, it didn't hit the bottom hard like everybody else. Just a little tinkling into the offering bag. Man, you would have thought Jesus would have gone bonkers over all the I don't know, thousands, maybe hundreds of thousands of dollars coming into the, to the treasury. Who knows? It's amazing what people will do when they think somebody else is watching and they're going to get patted on the back. I'm not here to preach that. <laughs> but she came. She didn't want to make a scene. But it sure got Jesus' attention. And he got to hollering, hey boys, guess what? You see what that little woman put in the offering? She's embarrassed. Don't, don't, mess, don't make her any more embarrassed. No, he's like, no, you don't understand. Those guys, they gave, gave out of their abundance. They go home, they're going to have plenty more where that came from. But this little woman, she came to the altar. She came to the treasury and she dropped in. All that she had. That's all she had in her hand that day. She said, but God, I know I've got to give it to the, the kingdom of God. She came and she dropped it in and Jesus got excited about it. Something about small things. That brings a, a message to my, my remembrance. I don't remember where it's at in the scriptures, but it says, do not despise the days of small things. Don't despise it. Because I can tell you, 
We've got story after story after story after story in the Bible that God took something that was literally nothing and he began to build it and he began to grow it and he began to use it for for his glory in his kingdom. What do you have in your hand? What do you have in your hand? Moses! Backside of a mountain. Tending to his father-in-law's sheep. Something caught his eye. He saw fire. Oh, no, I got to get that out. Something different about this one. Wow, that bush isn't consumed. It's just, it's there. The bush is fine. It's, it's burning, though. I got to go aside and see what this is. And he got up there and... Exodus chapter 3, we're not going to dive into all of that, but Jesus, Jesus, Jehovah, God, began to speak from that bush. And he said a whole bunch of stuff, including Moses, take off your sandals because the ground you're walking on is holy ground. And the Lord began to tell Moses, I got a job for you, buddy. I need you to go back to Egypt where you came from, the place nobody likes you, the place you ran away from because you messed up. You killed somebody. You got out of there. It's time for you to go back because the prayers of my people have come up to me and I've heard them and I've seen the turmoil in which they're going through. And Moses, in chapter 3, he said, well, who, who should I say sent me? And he said, I am that I am. Tell them, I am that I am sent you. And I'm reading through that whole chapter, and I'm, I'm looking, and I'm, and the song that Alvin Slaughter sings, he talks about Moses as well, but it, it just intrigued me. And I began to go through the pages of the Word of God and begin to dissect what was there, and I began to realize That's a powerful song if really we understood what he was talking about. And here I begin, get to Exodus chapter number four. And after God had told him all of those things, Moses still, can I get Exodus four and one back up there? If you can, please. Exodus chapter four, verse one. Moses says, God, they're not going to believe me. They're not even going to listen to me because they see me as a hypocrite. When I go back, they're going to know who I was. They're not going to believe me and they're not going to listen to me For they're going to tell me and everybody else that you didn't even talk to me. Now that did happen. In some areas of Israel it did happen. But the Lord spoke to Moses in verse number 2. And he said, what is that in your hand. What is it? What is that in your hand? I'm not trying to bore everybody to sleep tonight. But what is that in your hand? And Moses, can you let me use my imagination one more time? The Bible just says a rod but you know where I'm headed this is just a stick God I found it on the ground it looked it looked like it'd do the job that I needed to do and it's just a rod Lord just a rod that's all it is I've, I've kind of shaped it up a little bit I, I made it what I needed it to be but you know, it's just a dead stick it fell off a tree somewhere I'm using it to help me guide these sheep around Just a rod. That's all it is. 
What's in your hand, Moses? Just rod. All right, Moses, that's fine. Throw it on the ground. Throw it on the ground. And he jumps. Ah! It's a snake. The Lord said, well, pick it up. He picks it up. It's a rod. Now, Moses, is it just a rod? Now that you see what I can do with just a rod, It's not a lot, guys. It's not a lot. How do we grow in God? One step at a time. You're not going to go from ground zero to floor 120 overnight. Not in the kingdom of God. It's going to take a process, my friend. And God set forth a plan to help us to grow. And he simply sent this simple preacher here today to ask a simple question. What is that in your hand? What do you have to offer the Lord tonight? That's nothing, preacher. It's nothing. Nothing. I, it it really means nothing. I mean, it's just a few 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 measly little things, and I, my goodness, help me, Jesus. God spoke to Moses, and He said, "Look, what is it in your hand?" Moses said, "It's just." I said, all right, I can use that, man. I can use it. I got a C for you to part. (laughs) I got Egyptian armies for you to destroy with a simple rod. I got some plagues and some judgment against the enemies of God that I want to bring forth, but I can use that rod. How many victories were wrought because Moses had his rod and he lifted it up when the Lord spoke to him and said, victory began to come. The power of God began to prevail because all Moses had was just a, just a rod. That's all he had. Lord, but here you go. He walked on the scene in Egypt He walks in and he sees Pharaoh and he says, Pharaoh, God said, let my people go. Pharaoh said, who are you? Moses remembered, oh, I got a rod. He threw it on the ground. Right? It's just a rod. It's just a stick. I can just imagine what Pharaoh's thinking. My goodness, he's weird. He just comes in and throws a stick on the ground because I said no. Wait a minute. That's not a stick anymore. Pharaoh said, all right, I can match you, buddy. Come on, boys, magicians, come on over here. They throw their rods, their staffs on the, on the ground, and they turn them to stakes too, and But Moses' rod become more powerful than theirs. He was outnumbered. But he just had a rod. The Lord said, go down to the river and smite the river. What happened? Blood began to flow. He just had a rod. He just... Somebody get what I'm talking about tonight. He just had a rod. 
I can use that. I can use that. Philip, where can we buy food enough to feed all these people? Oh, you just have a lad with some food? Just five loaves and two fish? Oh, I can use that. Come on, just bring it over here. Let me, let me, let me touch it. Let me break it open. Let me bless it. Tell everybody, sit down. We're about to feed them. They're about to feast like they've never feasted before. And what did Philip say? He said, Master, 200 penny worth won't even give us enough to let everybody eat. How much? A little. By the time Jesus was done, they were full. I can use that. What do you got in your hand? Oh, just two loaves and two fish? Ah, I can use that. I got 5,000 plus people I need to feed. Just bring it over here for a minute. Oh, you said that 200 penny worth, a whole year's worth of wages could barely feed, it wouldn't even feed all these people, and all they could have just a little snack to make them mad? I'm talking from a fat guy's perspective, all right? And all he said, he said, just bring it over here. He blessed it, break it, send it out. And everybody, those that even wanted seconds, got seconds. I can use that. Hey, Peter, Andrew, Philip, go grab those baskets we got over there. Bring them over here. All right, Lord, what do you want to do with these baskets? Fill them with the leftovers. I can use it. I can use it. Boy, little child, I can use what you've got in your hand. It'll fill 12 baskets full after Jesus is done with it. Can you imagine that little boy going home, had to have other people help him go back home? He's got all his mom saying, boy, where'd you get that? Who'd you rob? He said, no, mom, I spent time with Jesus today. And he told somebody, how are we going to feed these people? And you remember this morning, you, you baked up them, them, them five loaves for me, and, and, and you, you cooked up those, those two little fish. So, you know, I wasn't really hungry all day, but for some reason I just kept it in the bag, and I, I got up there and I heard Jesus say, Hey, Philip, whence shall we buy to feed all of these? And, Mom, I just told him, there I got it. I got five loaves and two fish. Jesus said, I can, I can use it. I can use it. So I'm wrapping up here tonight. I wasn't going to say this. It just keeps battering my mind. And so the reason why you'll find out in a second, because I don't like talking about me in a good light because I know I'm of the least of people in this room for sure. Almost nine years ago, a couple walked into this church on a Sunday morning and they sat right about where Brother Josh and Brother Nelson, Sister Nelson sitting right there, they sat in those two pews in that area. And after they showed up about three months later, our pastor looked at me and he said, all right, I want you to go down to Lacey and I want you to find a place to start hosting Bible studies. Within a matter of months, he said, I want you to consider starting a church down there. Folks, I'm, I know i probably got folks listening online tonight. I was scared to death. I've only played drums all my life. And I beat them silly and can't even say it sounded good at that. 
And then we went down there and we spent a few weeks doing Bible studies and we did it around the table with coffee and, and cookies and all that good stuff. But something rose up in the heart of the people and they said, Brother Hilton, can we do, can we set this up to where it's like a service on Wednesday nights? Okay. Not going to sound good just playing drums. Somebody walked by, all we got is a drummer playing. And I began praying. We, we started playing Clint Brown songs, and we were stuck to two and a half, three-minute songs every, every service. And some of them, I remember one night the Holy Ghost got to moving, and I, I put the other song, I just started it over, started playing again. And I started praying, folks. I said, God, I don't know how to play anything. I'm not my brother. <laughs> This dude right here, he was already playing the piano, the organ, and the bass, and he was he was killing it on the drums and all the stuff, and I'm like, God, you should have sent Brother Jared Hilton down here. I, like, I started praying. God, you know, really, honestly, we have to pack up, move off, all the stuff, and so, God, I, I don't know how to play anything, but... I remember young, as a young boy, my mom tried to get me to start doing some guitar lessons. And I said, you know what? Guitar would make the most sense for the environment that we have right now. But God, I don't have money. <laughs> I just quit my job because I knew that's what God wanted me to do. And we were trying to get the church ready. And I was praying, God, if you'll provide a guitar... I'll give it 150%. I'll give it my best shot. And I can't play guitar for the life of me. I can strum in G. I can do G, E minor, D, and C. And we're doing good, Brother Carter. I envy anybody that can play the guitar. And uh, believe it or not, the hall that night, it was that sometime during the week, and I that Sunday we came to church, and I told Brother Goff, I said, "Hey," he said, "How's things going?" I said, "Well, don't going great. You know, the people want to worship the Lord; they don't want to just do like a around the table, just <laughs> excuse me, charismatic style Bible study." Um, there are times that we need to sit around the table and spend time doing Bible study. But they wanted church in their life. And I said, I don't, I don't know what we're going to do. I said, we're just going to continue playing Clint Brown until they're tired of Clint Brown, and I don't know if I'm something else, I guess. But he said, hey, Brother Hilton, he said, I got a guitar at my house that I haven't touched in years. He said, and I know that you're going to do what you can to figure out how to play that, and you're going to use it in the kingdom of God. He said, do you want it? I said, yeah, does it have strings on it? <laughs> he gave it to me that following week, midweek service, and it was barely Two weeks went by. I prayed. I watched YouTube videos. I, I went through all kinds of different ways to try to figure out how to play that thing. And finally, I was able to strum just enough. Thank God I was a drummer and I could somewhat keep the beat. And uh, I was able to keep time, change the chords when I needed to. And we had a time. We had church. I just had a little bit of in, in my hands. God provided the rest that I didn't have. God helped us. And today we have a church that's growing. And we got people that are coming and praying in the altar. And 
not because of me. But God took the little stuff that I had in my hand and he said, hey, bud, that's all I need. I want to use that. I'm not trying to draw this out any longer than I need to, but I, I got one more thing that I'm trying to get across tonight. I know I've talked to the church people, the, those of you that have the Holy Ghost, and, and you're wondering, how can I be used more of God? Well, I can simply tell you this. Just take what you have in your hands and give it to the Lord and trust that he's going to work everything else out. But there's one other thing that I wanted to point out today. and That is this. How can we overcome the oppression of life that we are in today? How can we do it? How are we going to be able to withstand the ever-changing things of life? How can we do it? Sometimes we think we need God to give us the answers. Sometimes we do, right? I know I'm slow. I'm not hollering and screaming. And guess what? I'm going to go home with a voice tonight. But Jesus answered a question one day. Acts chapter 1, verse 6 is where I'm going to start. Acts chapter 1 and verse 6. The Bible says, When they therefore were come together, they asked of him, saying this, Lord, wilt thou at this time restore the kingdom to Israel? Lord, I want to know, when are we going to get out of the oppression that we're under? With the Romans. When are you going to give Israel back to us? Jesus said hey. Verse number 7. It is not for you to know the times. Or the seasons. Which the father has put in his own power. But. You shall. Receive. Power. After that the Holy Ghost has come upon you. Lord, how are we going to handle the things of life that we're sick and tired of dealing with over and over? Jesus said, don't worry about that. It's going to be all right. God's got all that figured out. It's going to come to place in his time. But you shall receive power after the Holy Ghost has come upon you. I'm giving you a promise, disciples. I want you to go back to Jerusalem. He said that in the verses prior to, our, to that, that, that passage of scripture there. But he said, I want you to go back to Jerusalem and you're going to tarry there until the promise of the Father come upon you. And they said, Lord, but we really want to know, when are you going to deliver us from the Romans? Jesus said, hey, don't worry about the Romans right now, but you're going to give some power that's going to come from on high and it's going to come upon you when you get the Holy Ghost. You need the Holy Ghost. You say, man, I'm trying to figure this out. I'm trying to do this all by myself. I'm trying, to, I'm, trying to, I'm trying to juggle all these situations. Honey, let me tell you something. There's power in the Holy Ghost. Let me tell you, the enemy wants to do his best to keep you bound up, and he wants to keep you persuaded that, hey, you don't have anything to offer God, but I'm here to ask you a simple question. What do you have in your hands? God said, I can use that. I don't care where you came from. I don't care what you've done in the past. I know, amen, that I can use what you have in your hands. A quick sidetrack. 
I went, I went to Brother Self before service and said, I got a question. I'm not hugely mechanically inclined, right? I, I know how to fix my engine when, I, when it breaks, but, but I don't know. I don't know. I, I don't know all the intricacies of all the things that go on there. And, and, and I began to look uh, and, and I began to read the Bible. And, and I, I, I was given this, this Dake Study Bible, by the way. I, I don't know why, but I like this Bible a lot. Uh, there's so much there. And uh, anyway, I began to look at one of the footnotes he put in here. And he said this, power, the word power that we have in verse 8 came from the Greek word dunamis. Many of you would know that. But he said it this way. He said, it is inherent power capable of reproducing itself like a dynamo. I said, what in the world is a dynamo? Anybody else know what a dynamo is? Not dynamite. It's a dynamo. And I had to do some research, and I still had to <laughs> ask Brother Self, you ever heard of this thing? Like a dynamo. Have you ever heard of one, Brother Toby? No. Well, the best that I can describe it is very, very much like an alternator. It can regenerate its own power. Something gets it going. A dynamo uses a series of wires and a bunch of other components, and it begins to generate electricity. And it begins to spin. And I was like, oh, that works so much better than just dynamite. Dynamite's destructive. And yeah, you, you, you got strong power when you get the Holy Ghost. But honey, when you get the Holy Ghost, you got a self-sustaining power that you don't have to worry about. When I wake up tomorrow, Brother Nelson, I know that my Jesus is going to be there to generate the power that I need throughout the day. I don't care if I fell on my face the day before as long as I'm still hooked up and I still got a relationship with him. Here comes the power. It's going to be built up again. Amen. That's why it's important that I seek his face every day. That's why it's important that when the preacher says, Hey, you need the Holy Ghost. You need to come get connected. Amen. To the power source that can regenerate your life. Well, hallelujah. Hallelujah. How am I going to overcome oppression? Well, let me say it this way. I can use you, God said. Amen. I can use you filled with the Holy Ghost to bring my peace, not just to your life, but to other people's life. I can use you filled with the Holy Ghost to spread the gospel. I can use you filled with the Holy Ghost to see the miraculous in others' lives. My, my, my. It don't have to be a preacher come by and pray for somebody. Amen. You as a saint of God ought to be able to say, you're sick? Let me pray for you. Hey, in Jesus' name and healing come. Amen. So you walk by somebody, they're having a bad day. Why don't you reach over and say, hey, can I pray with you? And let the joy of the Holy Ghost that's burning on the inside become a part of their day. Hallelujah. Hallelujah, hallelujah, not only, amen, can he use you. What do you have in your hand? I'm not talented, preacher. I can't sing. I barely clap my hands. That's all right. Can you talk to Jesus? Can you talk to others? Do you have family that needs Jesus? What he got in your hands, my friend? What is it that you, God can come, come down and he can begin to work in your life? Music come. Music come. Friend, Jesus said this. Come all who are heavy laden and find rest. Not my translation. Not my opinion. But Jesus said it himself in Matthew 11, verses 28 through 30. 
come to me. <laughs> hey, Philip, can I feed all these people? Lord, I got a lad here. He's persistent. He's got something that you can, you can use today. Hey, Moses, what's that in your hand? Oh, it's just a rod. Huh? All right. I can use that. Come on, somebody. I can use that. Send a friend. I don't have anything to offer the kingdom of God. Oh, do you have two mites in your hand? Do you have something there? Do you have enough faith to say, hey, I know it's not much, but here it is, God. It's in here. It's in my hands. I've had it all my life, but uh, I've never really known what to do with it because uh, every time I try to use it, I, I, I just don't know how to make it profitable. I don't know how to make it uh, uh, beneficial to others. Uh, but, but here it is, God. I've, I've got something in my hand. Help me, Jesus. Peter, John, they're going to the Lord's house. It's prayer time. They woke up on the steps and they see this boy that they've seen for years. He's been lame. He's been carried there day after day. And he's trying alms. Alms, I need alms. Peter, that day, something different happened in him, and he, he looks at him, he said, hey, silver and gold don't, I don't have, but I have something. <laughs> I've got something. As such as I have, Brody, I'm, I'm giving it to you. And he reached down, and he grabbed him by the right hand, and he pulled him up, and he said, in the name of Jesus Christ of Nazareth, Rise up and walk. You say, I don't have, I don't have anything. Don't you know the name of Jesus? Do you know how to apply it to your life and to others? Do you know how to pray? Do you know how to reach out? Amen, I don't have anything to give him, but such as I have, I'm giving it to him right now. Jesus, help me today. I want to be used by you. He said, come to me all ye that labor and you're heavy laden and I will give you rest. You don't have it. You're exhausted. You tried to do life on your own but there's this thing called the Holy Ghost. And when you give what you do have to the Holy Ghost, he takes it and he begins to work it. But honey, you can't stop there. He said, I'm going to give you rest. What's the next verse say? <laughs> Take my yoke upon you. Take my yoke, he said. I began looking. Maybe I'm completely obeased, and brother, self, pastor, pastor, any, any men that know better than that than I do, you can you can definitely correct me. But I want you to understand from what I found out back in the day, they used to yoke up a young ox and an old one, a stronger one that's been doing it for years, and one that needed to be trained. They'd lock them together, <laughs> put them together in the same. Jesus said it this way, take my yoke upon you. Man, you can be locked in your own yoke if you want to, and you can try to plow the, the rows of life that if you want to, but honey, I choose to be yoked up with my Lord, Jesus Christ. 
He said, take my yoke upon you. Why? Because my yoke is easy and my burden is light. Verse 30 said, he said, because I am meek and lowly in heart and you shall find rest unto your souls. Amen. Jesus said, hey, I know you may not have much, but I want you to yoke up with me for a little while and I'll help you become what you need to be so that you can be beneficial in my kingdom. My friend, I'm here to tell you that God has a purpose for your life. If he didn't, you wouldn't be sitting on this pew tonight. He wants you to yoke up with him. He wants to take what you have in your hands and he wants to use it for his glory. Can we stand to our feet tonight? What do you have in your hands? Just five loaves and two fishes. God can feed a multitude with that. God can cause that little bit to have a lasting effect. I don't have anything to offer. Amen. Moses, what do you have in your hand? Just a rod. Maybe there is a Red Sea. Amen. That God needs you to walk up to and smite it. Amen. And let it part for somebody else. Maybe God has a purpose. Amen. That's beyond your wildest dream. Amen. I'm not trying just to hype you up, but I'm trying to help you understand. God has a plan for your life. Despite how you value yourself, despite how you consider yourself, and never a time you consider yourself, you come up short. God doesn't care how you evaluate yourself. You don't believe me? Why don't you go talk to David for a while? He was just a little shepherd boy taking care of some sheep for his dad. And God raised him up and he became one of the most powerful kings in Israel. You don't believe me? Why don't you go talk to Peter for a while? He was a zealot. He was just a fisherman. In fact, when he thought all hope was gone, he went fishing. And the Bible said Jesus showed up on the shore. And Peter was out there fishing in a not desirable way. But just a few days later, the anointing of the Holy Ghost fell on him. And God opened the door of salvation to all of mankind through a fisherman who thought he was hopeless through a fisherman who thought he, he, he had nothing to offer the kingdom of God. I hope I'm reaching somebody tonight. I don't care what's going on in your life. God doesn't care. He just wants what's left. And he'll take it. And he'll mold it. And he'll make it exactly what he needs it to be. So I leave you with this question tonight. These altars are open. Will you give God what's in your hands today? Whether you've had the Holy Ghost, whether you haven't had the Holy Ghost, I'm asking you the same question. Will you give God what's in your hand? I don't care if it's just a a rod. I don't care if it's just five loaves and two fish. Are you willing to trust him with it? Are you willing to trust him with it? Let's find a place to pray tonight. God is looking for somebody to bring their sack lunch with you. Say, Lord, I know it's not much, but I'm giving it to you. Come on, that's it. Let's talk to the Lord tonight.